Amen. So uh, last week we started a series on the book of James. And we looked at chapter 1 of James. Y miramos el capítulo uno de Santiago. We're going to now go on to chapter 2. And I want to remind you, if you want to take notes, y quiero recordarles que si quieren tomar notas, you can go to our website, farocostamesa.org. And then uh, slash notes. Slash notas. And there's notes on there. You can take your own notes. Y ahí hay notas, o puede tomar sus propias notas. And then you can email or send them to yourself after so you save them. And so um, I want to encourage you to do that as we study the word. That if the Holy Spirit brings something up. Que si el Espíritu Santo viene y trae algo, or catches your, if something catches your attention, o algo le llama la atención, that you write that down. Que anoten esos pensamientos. And, um, and now, as we mentioned last week, y como mencionamos la semana pasada, the primary concern that James has in his letter, la, la preocupación primordial que tenía Santiago, Santiago en su primera carta, is uh, he wanted to address some issues with the church being divided. Él quería abordar unas preocupaciones que él tenía de que la iglesia estaba dividida. Not divided between themselves. No dividida entre ellos mismos. But divided in their own hearts about their own faith. Pero divididos ellos mismos sobre su propia fe. He's concerned that the church was preaching something that they were not practicing. Él estaba preocupado que la iglesia estaba predicando algo que no estaban practicando. He was concerned that as a church they were being double-minded. Él estaba preocupado que como iglesia ellos tenían doble sentido. And so in James chapter 2, así que en Santiago capítulo 2, we go a little bit deeper into some of the problems that they were having. Vamos a ir profundamente a algunos de los problemas que ellos estaban teniendo. One of the things that we see James brings up, alguna de las cosas que Santiago menciona, is that much like the culture around them, así que como la cultura alrededor de él, the church was becoming extremely class conscious. Conscious. La iglesia se estaba volviendo extremadamente consciente de la clase. Meaning that they were, they were hyper aware of the rich people in the church and the poor people in the church. Estaban muy conscientes del estatus social de los pobres y de los ricos. And that was something that the writers of the New Testament condemned over and over again. Y era algo que los escritores del Nuevo Testamento condenaron una y otra vez. Because they knew that it contradicted the work of Jesus that Por, he came to do. Porque ellos sabían que eso contradecía el trabajo de Jesús, el trabajo que él vino a hacer. And so especially between the rich and the poor. Especialmente entre los ricos y los pobres. The death and, the death and resurrection of Jesus and his life. La muerte y la resurrección de Jesucristo y su vida was supposed to tear down those walls that separated people. He really came to establish a new family. Él vino a una nueva where we would all be brothers and sisters. En donde todos seríamos hermanos. And where we would not be judged by the standards of the world. Y donde nosotros nos fuéramos juzgados por los, el del mundo. And so this is where James goes into this issue a little bit more in chapter 2. Y es aquí donde Santiago se mete un poquito más profundo en el capítulo 2. The first thing that he does. Lo primero que él hace. Is that he gives a warning against favoritism. Es que él, él da una advertencia del favoritismo. 
In order to better understand this passage, Para mejor entender este pasaje, we, we want to get a little bit of background. Vamos a dar un poquito de historia. So James is not writing to one specific church. So Santiago no está escribiendo a una iglesia específica. But he's writing to a lot of different churches as a whole. Él está escribiendo a muchas iglesias. He is addressing a lot of different churches with uh, and calling out several problems. Él está dirigiendo muchas iglesias y está llamando a muchos problemas. And so this means that this letter was written to a lot of churches from different areas and different backgrounds. Eso quiere decir que él está escribiendo esta carta a muchas iglesias de muchos de diferentes historias. And, but there was one thing that a lot of those churches, if not all of those churches, had in common. Pero hay una cosa que todas esas iglesias, si no todas las iglesias tenían en común, was the poor people. La gente pobre. A large majority of the church, la mayoría de la gente de esta iglesia, or a lot of the people that were going to the church, la mayoría de las personas que iban a la iglesia, a lot of the people that were being saved, a muchas de las personas que estaban siendo salvadas, and they were coming to the church, y que llegaban a la iglesia, were the poor. Eran los pobres. They were the ones that, that would recognize their, their need for God. Ellos son los que reconocían su necesidad para Dios. And there were some rich people. Y había gente rica. But a majority of the people were poor. Pero la mayoría de la gente era pobre. And so James knows that. Y Santiago sabe esto. He knows that the majority of his audience is poor. Él sabe que la mayoría de su audiencia es pobre. But there are also rich people in the church as well. Pero también hay gente rica en la iglesia. So he says this. Así que él dice. In James chapter 2 verse 1. Santiago capítulo 2 versículo 1 says, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Hermanos míos, la fe que tienen en nuestro glorioso Señor Jesucristo no debe de dar lugar a favoritismos. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry and another who, who comes in who is poor and is dressed in dirty clothes. Supongamos que en el lugar donde se reúnen entra un hombre con anillo de oro y ropa elegante y entra también un pobre desarrapado. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Si atienden bien al que lleva ropa elegante y le dicen, siéntese usted aquí en este lugar cómodo, pero al pobre le dicen, quédate ahí de pie o siéntete en el suelo a mis pies. So doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? ¿Acaso no hacen discriminaciones entre ustedes juzgando con malas intenciones? So James starts off with asking like a rhetorical question. Sí que Santiago empieza por preguntar una pregunta retórica. And he illustrates for them the kind of treatment that they're giving to the poor. Y él ilustra el tratamiento que le están dando a los pobres. And the problem was that some of the people within the church, they were treating the poor this way. Estaban tratando hacia los pobres. And it, it probably wasn't just because that's how they felt like doing it. There may have been a deeper issue where it was maybe a direction from the leadership in that a, church. And they were giving that preferential treatment to the rich people coming to church. They were looking at the outward appearance of the person. Ellos estaban mirando la apariencia externa de los que llegaban. And they would go and walk them over to a good seat. Y los llevaban a un buen asiento. 
And then the poor person, they were, the, the poor person, they would just tell them, sit on the floor or just go stand in the corner over there. And, and, you know, we know we wouldn't probably treat somebody that walks into church like that nowadays. But this was a really obvious problem. Pero este era un problema obvio. That James is saying is an indication of a deeper issue. Que Santiago está diciendo que es una indicación de un problema más profundo. He said the fact that you're treating the poor this way. Si así estás tratando a los pobres. Then he says this is an indication that your heart and your mind are divided between God and the world. Esa es indicación de que tu mente y tu corazón está dividido entre Dios y el mundo. The division that the people were that they were making between the rich and the poor. La división que la gente estaba haciendo entre el rico y el pobre. Was an indication of a deeper division within their own hearts and minds. Era una indicación de una división más profunda en su propio corazón. And he explains how how do I know this? Y él explica cómo sé esto yo. Well, because it's like the first the first of all. En primera. It's wrong to to uh, discriminate against the poor. Es malo discriminar a los pobres. Because it says it contradicts God's regard for the poor. Porque dice contradice la consideración de Dios por los pobres. Look at what James chapter 2 verse 5 says. Escucha lo que dice Santiago versículo 2. He says, listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? Escuchen, mis queridos hermanos. No ha escogido Dios a los que son pobres según el mundo para que sean ricos en la fe y hereden el reino que prometió a quienes lo aman. And see, here James is actually quoting the, the words of Jesus. Aquí está diciendo Santiago literalmente las palabras de Jesús. From Matthew chapter 3 verse 5. De Mateo capítulo 5 versículo 3. Where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Donde Jesús dice, dichosos son los pobres en espíritu porque en el reino de los cielos les pertenece. So, you know, God has a special concern for those that are poor. Dios tiene una preocupación especial por esos que son pobres. Because they are more willing to recognize their need for him. Porque ellos son más a reconocer esa necesidad por Dios. Well, they're more willing to recognize that need. Ellos están más puestos a reconocer esa, esa necesidad. Than someone who is rich. De alguien que es rico. That's why Jesus says it's, it's almost impossible for a rich person to get into heaven. Por eso Jesús dice que es casi imposible que una persona rica llegue al cielo. When Jesus said that, cuando Jesús dijo eso, it, it was like, it changed the world of the disciples. Eso cambió el mundo de los discípulos. Because for them, someone who was rich, porque para ellos, alguien que era rico, that everything was possible for them. Todo era posible para ellos. They could have anything that they wanted. Ellos podían tener lo que ellos querían. They had power, they had authority. Tenían poder, tenían autoridad. But Jesus says, no, you don't understand. Pero Jesús dice, no, no entienden. Someone who is rich Alguien que es rico relies too much on their money. Ellos se dedican mucho por su dinero. And, and, and they, they don't know how to rely on God. Y ellos no saben cómo confiar en Dios. And that's what makes it impossible for them to get into the kingdom of heaven. So God has a special concern for the poor. The orphan. Los huérfanos, the widow. Las viudas, viudas, and the foreigners. Y los extranjeros. 
God cares about these groups of people Dios le preocupa estos grupos de gente that are often uh, that, that are that are often mistreated que a veces los tratan mal. And when we mistreat them, y cuando nosotros los tratamos mal, we go against the very heart of God. Estamos yendo contra el puro corazón de Dios. So that, that's the first point that James makes. Ese es el primer punto que hace Santiago. Second, he says, el segundo dice, that when you're showing favoritism to the rich, que cuando estás enseñándole favoritismo a los ricos, it doesn't make any sense. No tiene sentido. Because, he says in verse 6, he says, isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? They wanted to show preferential treatment to those that are rich in the community. But it was the same rich people who were taking others to court. Using their money and influence to make themselves even richer. And it says that even they're, they're the ones who even slander the name of Jesus. And, and he's saying, why, where does that make sense? They're, they're showing favoritism to the same people who are oppressing the poor. And, and the fact that they were doing this is a reflection that they're still living by the world's standards. Es que todavía ellos están viviendo por, por el mundo, por las estándares del mundo. Now, in verses 8 through 13, en el versículo 8 a 13, he gives the, the most important reason why it's wrong to uh, mistreat the poor. Santiago da, muestra lo, la razón más importante por qué es malo darle favoritismo a los ricos. Uh, and so he says, according to James, that the, the, the biggest reason why is that it violates the law of love. The biggest reason why it's wrong to show favoritism. The reason why it's wrong to show favoritism to others. He says because it breaks the, the, it breaks the law of love. Or what we might know as the golden rule. O lo que nosotros conocemos como la regla de oro. Which is love your neighbor as yourself. Como amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. Again, this was another statement from Jesus. Esta fue otra cita de las enseñanzas de Jesús. And James is really challenging the church here. Y Santiago realmente los desafía aquí. Because he knows how damaging it can be for the community. Porque sabe lo dañino que puede hacer para la comunidad. When we, when we show preferential treatment to one group of people over the other. Cuando nosotros mostramos preferencia a un, a un grupo de personas sobre el otro. He even compares it to killing someone. Él lo compara aún a matar a alguien. Almost as if he's saying. Es como decir. When you show favoritism to a rich person over the poor person. Cuando muestras favoritismo por el rico sobre el pobre, you are killing the poor person. Estás matando al pobre. Now this might seem a little extreme. Y esto a lo mejor suena un poco extremo. But I think he actually makes a really good point here. Pero permitirá dar algo de contexto aquí. 
Um, because it, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, God said at that point when he made mankind, Dios hizo a la humanidad, and he said uh, he made them in his image. Y dice que los hizo a su Men and women, he made them in his image. Los hombres y las mujeres los hizo a su imagen. And so this is where we get what Bible scholars call the Imago Dei. Y eso es lo que los estudios de la Biblia llaman al Imago Dei. It's this idea that we are all made in the image of God. Es esta idea de que todos somos creados a la imagen de Dios. And because we have that image of God. Y porque nosotros tenemos esa imagen de Dios. Our life has value. Nuestra vida tiene valor. It has value that no one else can give us. Tiene valor que nadie más nos puede dar. Because that value is given by God. Porque ese valor no los dio Dios. And so this is the, the same reason why, you know, we, we, we don't support abortion. Because we believe that, that a child, even at conception, has the Im- is the image of God. Es la imagen de Dios. They have value. Tiene valor. They, have, they have a right to life. Tiene la, el derecho a vivir. And, and that is... Uh, that, that we believe that. Y nosotros creemos eso. And so, um, each one of us as men and women bear that image of God. And so does the person next to us. Y la al lado de Our brothers and sisters next to us. Y al lado de the poor and the, and the, the rich. Los y los the orphan and the widow. Los All of them bear the image of God. So in that sense, when we show favoritism to one group over the other, we are betraying or even killing the image of God in them. The idea of being made in the image of God is what what helps, what... uh, causes us to reject things like abortion Nos causa a rechazar cosas como el aborto, or capital punishment o como el castigo capital. all people Toda la gente, whether or not they are followers of Jesus sean seguidores de Jesús o no, are made in the image of God son creados en la imagen de Dios. and we must honor that image y nosotros debemos honrar esa imagen. by treating all people with the same respect Tratando a todas las personas con el mismo respeto. The same love that we have for ourselves. Con el mismo amor que tenemos por nosotros mismos. That is the command of Jesus when he says to love your neighbor as yourself. Eso es lo que Dios dice cuando, uh, cuando dice amen a su prójimo como se aman ustedes mismos. But here's what, what James kind of takes it even a step further. Pero este Santiago aquí continúa y da un paso más adelante. He goes on to say that if we're guilty of breaking the law of God, if we're guilty of breaking this one law, si somos culpables de romper esta say, ley de Dios, that, that we are just as guilty as breaking all the other laws. Que somos igual de culpables de matar todas otras leyes. Because th- this also comes from Jesus' teaching. Eso las de Jesús. Jesus himself said that all of the l- rules of the Old Testament Antiguo, 
that they are summed up or, or, or they can be narrowed down to two commands. Que podemos nosotros uh, minimizarlas a dos, uh, um, dos mandamientos. First is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. El primero es ama al Señor con todo tu corazón, alma y mente. Or love God as an undivided person. O ama a Dios como una persona no dividida. Or not, not just like, oh, I love God with just a portion of my heart or a portion of my mind. No es decir, o amo a Dios con una porción de mi mente y una porción de mi corazón. As a whole person, we are to love God. No como persona entera tenemos que amar a Dios. And second, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Y en segunda dice, amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. So that is why if you show favoritism to one group of people over the other. Por eso es que si muestras favoritismo a un grupo de personas y no al otro. And let's just take out the, the idea of rich and poor. Y vamos a quitar la idea de los pobres y de los ricos. Let's think, let's think of any group of people. Vamos a pensar en cualquier grupo de personas. If we show favoritism to any one group of people over another. Si mostramos favoritismo a cualquier otro grupo más que al otro. We are not just guilty of violating this law of God. No solamente estamos culpables de violar esta ley de Dios. Which is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Que es amar a nuestro prójimo igual que nos amamos. But we're guilty of breaking all of God's commands just the same. Pero estamos culpables de romper todos los mandamientos de Dios igual. <coughs> Now James is going to return to his main topic here. Así que Santiago se va a regresar a su which is that he, he wants the believers' actions to match their words. He summarizes this in verse 12. He says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Hablen y pórtense como quieren dan de ser juzgados por la ley que nos da libertad. It's, it's the same law that gave us freedom es la misma ley que nos dio nosotros la libertad that will be the judges of our actions. Que van a ser los jueces de nuestras acciones. James says this command. He says, he says, speak and act. Santiago nos manda, dice, siempre hablando, siempre uh, actuando. Uh, he, he says it in a way of like saying, always be speaking, always be acting. Como diciendo, siempre que habla, siempre hay que actuar. It, it, as those people who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Como esas personas que vamos a ser juzgados para, por la ley que nos va a dar libertad. It has to be something that we are continually doing. Tiene que ser algo que continuamos a hacer. It's, and, and there's a simple warning that he gives. Y hay una simple advertencia que él da. He says, if we show mercy to others, we will be shown mercy. Si mostramos misericordia a los demás, se nos mostrará misericordia. But the negative side is also true. Pero la parte negativa también es cierto. Is that if we do not show mercy to others. Si nosotros no mostramos misericordia. Then we will not be shown mercy either. No nos mostrarán misericordia. James then turns his attention to another matter. Luego Santiago dirige su atención a otro asunto. Where he also sees that the church's actions are not lining up with their words. En donde dice que la, las acciones de la iglesia no se alineaban con las palabras. And specifically talking about their faith without works. Específicamente hablando de fe sin obras. He says in verse 14. Dice en versículo 14. He said, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? 
What can that kind of faith save anyone? Amados hermanos, ¿de qué le sirve a uno decir que tiene fe si no lo demuestra con sus acciones? ¿Puede esa clase de fe salvar a alguien? So we see again that recurring theme. Así que miran otra vez, ocurrir otra vez ese tema. That believers say, that what believers say has to match their actions. Que los que los creyentes platican tienen que estar a nivel con sus acciones. He's saying, what good is it if you say that you have faith? ¿De qué te sirve decir que tienes fe? But you do not prove it by your actions. Si no lo pruebas con tus acciones. See, if we simply just claim to have faith, si nosotros nada más decimos que tenemos fe, we just say, okay, well, you know, I follow God, así que decimos, okay, yo sigo a Dios, but I don't have any actions to prove it, pero no tengo acciones para probarlo, then all we've done is give what we call intellectual assent. Así que todo lo que han hecho ellos es un acento intelectual. Meaning that we just agree with, we agree in our minds with information. Quiere decir que nosotros nada más estamos de acuerdo con nuestra mente y esa información. We, we, we agree with the teachings of Jesus. Estamos de acuerdo con las enseñanzas de Jesús. But we're not actually living it out. Pero no lo estamos demostrando con acciones. See, genuine faith. Así que fe genuina. Real faith. Fe real. Goes beyond just agreeing to information. Surpasa una... Surpasa más que nada un, un pedazo de información. Or just, just simply agreeing to information. O simplemente acordar con información. But a genuine faith. Pero una fe genuina. Will naturally lead to transformation. Naturalmente nos va a dirigir a transformación. We can't just agree to the Jesus' teachings. No nada más podemos estar de acuerdo con las enseñanzas de Jesús. We have to try to live according to those teachings. Tenemos que es, tratar de vivir acordando con esas reglas de and those and, and allow those teachings to transform our life y dejar que esas enseñanzas nos transforman that's a genuine faith that's true faith esa es fe genuina now in, in verses 15 through 19 en los versos 15 a 19 James has kind of like a a, a debate with an imaginary person Santiago tiene una especie de debate con una persona imaginaria He uses uh, an example of something that there was a likely a common scenario in the church. Él usa de ejemplo algo que probablemente era un escenario común en la iglesia. He says, what if a brother or sister here is in need and all you said to them was, God bless you and may God provide for you. Él dice, ¿qué pasaría si un hermano o una hermana aquí estuviera en necesidad y todo lo que le dijera fuera, oh Dios lo bendiga y que... Él provea sus necesidades. But then you don't try to do anything to help them. Pero luego no haces nada por tratar de ayudarlo. He's saying, what good does that do? ¿Qué, qué, ¿De qué sirve eso? What, what, good do, do, what good does your word do to them? ¿De qué sirve? ¿De qué sirve tus palabras para ellos? The, question, the, the answer to that question is no good at all. La respuesta es no sirve de nada. And so he says this in verse 17. Así que él dice esto en versículo 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Como pueden ver, la fe por sí sola no es suficiente. A menos que produzca buenas acciones, está muerta y es inútil. So faith that does not produce good deeds... La fuerte que no produce buenas obras. James says is dead. Santiago dice que están muertas. A dead faith cannot save anyone. Una fe muerta no puede salvar a nadie. A dead faith is useless. 
Una fe muerta no sirve de nada. Because it does not accomplish its purpose in our life. Porque no viene a a cumplir el propósito. A nuestras vidas. And so, the, but the evidence of a living faith Pero la evidencia de una fe que vive is action. Es acción. It's good deeds. Es buenas obras. Now, I, I want to kind of provide some clarification here. Y quiero darles un poco de clarificación aquí. Because when we look at just these verses, Porque cuando nada más miramos estos versos, there might seem to be some contradiction with some other teachings in the Bible. Paul says in Ephesians, Santiago dice en Efesios, verses 8 through 9, capítulo 2, versículos 8 a 9, he says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Dios los salvó por su gracia cuando creyeron. Ustedes no tienen ningún mente honesto. Es un regalo de Dios. La salvación no es un premio por las cosas buenas que hayamos hecho, así que ninguno de nosotros puede jacarse de ser salvo. So when we look at these two passages, we may think like, well, they're contradicting each other, right? Who's right here? ¿Quién tiene la razón aquí? Is it James or Paul? ¿Es Pablo o es Santiago? Are we saved by faith or is faith not enough? Well, the complicated answer is that it's both. Bueno, la respuesta complicada es los dos. The reality is that our souls are saved only by our faith in Jesus. Meaning that we don't have to do anything to earn our salvation. The, the right relationship that we have with God la buena que con Dios is only given to us as a gift son los se los dio como un regalo. Because we believe in Jesus. Porque creemos en Dios. Because we put our faith in him. Porque ponemos nuestra fe en él. But the result of that faith. Pero el resultado de esa fe. Should be good deeds. Debería de ser buenas obras. Good deeds are a result of a living faith. Buenas obras es el resultado de una fe que vive. If there are no good deeds. Si no hay buenas obras. That our faith is producing. Que nuestra fe nos está dando, then we have to call into question the, the authenticity of our faith. And so then James kind of takes the, to the end of the, uh, this chapter in verse 26. And he concludes by saying this. Y él en decir esto. And, and, and after this I want to conclude as well. So I want to ask everyone to be on their feet. Después de esto vamos a concluir, así que por favor si se ponen de pie. James, James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Así como el cuerpo sin aliento está muerto, así también la fe sin buenas acciones está muerta. It's only our faith. Es solo nuestra fe. Our ability to trust in Jesus. Nuestra habilidad de confiar en Jesús. Where that our souls are saved from condemnation. Que nuestras 
almas son salvadas de la condenación. There's nothing else that we can add to the sacrifice of Jesus. No hay nada más que podemos agregar al sacrificio que hizo Jesús. That's why Jesus, <clears throat> that's what Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Por eso dijo Jesús en la cruz. It is finished. Aquí terminó, ya está terminado. Because he had done everything that was necessary for us to be saved. Porque él ya había hecho todo lo que era necesario para salvarnos. The moment we place our trust in him. En el momento que nosotros confiamos en él. He makes us righteous in his sight. Él nos hace uh, salvos, salvados en sus ojos. We are forgiven of our sins. Nosotros ya fuimos perdonados por nuestros pecados. And we're given the place of a son or daughter in his family. Y nos dio lugar de un hijo o una hija en su familia. And there's nothing that we could do to earn that part. Y nos, no hay nada que nosotros podemos hacer para ganarnos eso. Our faith is what has saved us by his grace. Nuestra fe es lo que nos ha salvado por su gracia. But that faith has to result in something. Pero esa fe tiene que ser, resultar en algo. The faith that is dead cannot save us. Una fe muerta no nos puede salvar. Because the, the, the fruit in our life el fruto de vida is going to reveal whether or not that faith is true. Va a si esa fe es o no. We can only be saved by putting our trust in Him. Solo ser si en él. But if we don't see any fruit in our life, Pero si no fruto en vida, then we have to question, have I really put my trust in Jesus? We must seek to do good in the world around us. It, it is impossible for a living faith to not be doing good things constantly. Before we even ask the question, should I do this good work? A living faith has already done it. Una fe viva ya lo hizo. And it keeps doing it. Y lo sigue haciendo. That is the mark of a living faith. Esa es la marca de una fe viva. We must all desire to be Christians of integrity. Nosotros todos tenemos que ser cristianos con integridad. That practice what we preach. Y practicamos lo que predicamos. And my greatest desire for each of you. Y uno de mis deseos más grandes para todos ustedes. As your pastor. Como su pastor. Is that you would each become fully devoted believers. Es que todos se vuelvan creyentes. Um, devoted. Completamente, completamente devotos. devotos. And that you learn how to live an undivided life with y, God. Y que ustedes puedan vivir una vida que no sea dividida con Dios. And, that may the Lord, and may the Lord give us the grace and capacity to live like this always. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.